Good morning. Welcome to a very special worship service. As you may notice, it looks a little different up here today. Um, Pastor Megan and Pastor Nate are at the Synod Assembly with Stephanie and Paul Drange, Pat Hagerty, and Mitchell Gansky, who are representing our congregation at the annual meeting. So let's continue to keep them in prayer today that the Synod Assembly and the Bishop Selection continues to go well. And today is Pentecost, and it just looks beautiful in here, doesn't it? Pentecost is a celebration of the Holy Spirit descending upon the apostles, and it's a special day in our tradition that's symbolized by the color red and celebration. And in addition to Pentecost, we rejoice that we are joined today in worship by Christy and Phil Meyer, Clara, their granddaughter, and Kyle, Anna, Odin, and Espen Svenningsen. So please join us in the fellowship hall after worship so we can learn what the Myers have been doing since they left Wadena and learn about the Svenningsen's new adventure in ministry work in Slovakia. Um, so there's gonna be potluck and more fellowship to follow. Um, but if you're not able to come, that's okay. You will be able to follow and learn more about the Svenningsen's journey in Slovakia um, through their blog, and our newsletter will help keep you up to date on all of that. Just a few quick notes about what's in your bulletin. Just a reminder that VBS is coming up, and this year we're doing something different. We've invited staff from Luthercrest uh, Bible Camp to come here and spend time with our youth, and so they will be here. The registration deadline is July 5th, and we need to make sure that we get signed up ahead of time so that they know how many people to send. And it's open to all kids, preschool through sixth grade, and you can bring your friends. They don't have to be members of a manual, so the more the merrier. So please just sign up or see your, and see your insert for more information. Summer softball has started, and so the Emanuel softball team I hear is looking for you, all of you. But not all of you have to play, because I'm not going to play. But we can go and we can cheer, um, and cheer on those who are gifted and enjoy that playing. Um, usually they meet at 7 o'clock, but this week it sounds like they're meeting at eight or playing at 8.20 under the lights. And I don't believe it'll still be raining tomorrow, so it should be a beautiful night to sit outside and just enjoy fellowship and good sportsmanship with our team and with the other teams out there, and so anyone 12 and older is invited to play. Um, if you're not able to attend worship in the future or there's just a sermon that you want to hear again, Emmanuel has started a new podcast, and so there's more information in your bulletin about this, but this will give you an opportunity via your cell phone or online to listen to sermons um, should you want to rehear them or not be able to attend. And one last announcement, we are still looking for a few more pen pals. This is for our young people who are heading to Luther Crest Summer Camp, Camp Bible Camp later this summer. It's really a simple and beautiful way to build some intergenerational relationships. It's really easy, involves some letter writing and maybe care packages, and I'm there to help you along the way, get you the information you need. So if this is something you would be interested in, please let me know and I can help give you the details. More information about these announcements and others are listed in your bulletin, so please take them home, refer to them as needed. And with those announcements, it's time to begin our beautiful Pentecost worship.
I invite you to stand as we begin with our Pentecost litany. The images of Pentecost are striking. The many languages spoken by the disciples, once too scared to stand out for Jesus. Simple folk from Galilee, people who would not have learned another language, much less many languages. We're this is the power of God's Holy Spirit. This was the power of that Spirit for Dramatically, Jesus' friends became equipped to spread God's word everywhere. The promise to never leave them was coming true right before their eyes. It was a miracle, and many that day came to believe. Let us sing our gathering song, hymn 800.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And of us a flame to serve you in all that we do. 
ignite your flame, and help us to burn brightly for you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Please be seated for some special music. And while Deb is coming up here, um, I just want to say a little bit that I don't believe it's an accident that you are here today. It is the Holy Spirit who calls and gathers us together as the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ, we have this promise that God gives us that we are his, that we belong to him. So I first sang this song at Little Espen's baptism, and so I'm happy to sing this song for you today called I Am Yours. I see your fingerprints, the work of your hands, it's all in your hands. I see the evidence, leaving nothing to chance, the world's in your hands. So I rest in your promises, now I am sure of i yeah. 
want to invite the kids up here, so come on up here. I've got something to show you. Come up and sit with me here. Hey, come on up, everybody. Hi, Odin. Hi, everybody. Come on up. Have a seat here. How's everybody doing today? Doesn't the sanctuary look really cool with the red balloons and the doves and the light? All right, come on up. All right. Well, I'm Christy. I used to be here, so I recognize some of you guys. Well, here, I'm going to show you this. I have two strings here. Because today in our Bible reading, we are going to hear about how, how God came to the people through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit made them one. And so I was thinking about this, and I was thinking sometimes, like, we have these two strings here. Sometimes we feel like this is God and this is us, and we kind of feel like we kind of feel separated from God. I mean, there's sometimes there's times in our lives when we feel like God might be far away. Can you think of a time when God seems far away? Like maybe after a fight with a friend, or maybe a time when you're really scared about something. It just kind of seems like God might be far away, but I want to tell you that he's never far away. He's never far away, and we're going to hear that in another reading, that nothing can separate us from God's love, nothing. And so again, we, you know, I have these two strings like this, and we might feel like we're separate, but we're not at all. We are always one. And so, yeah, I just want you to remember that. We are always one with God, okay? Hey, pray with me. Repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for always being with us and making us one. We love you. Amen. All right, good job. Thank you. You can go sit down. Our song today is Psalm 149. The psalms are found in the front of your hymnals preceding the hymn section. We will read it responsibly by half verse. Alleluia! Sing to the Lord a new song. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their ruler. Let them praise their maker's name with dancing. Let them sing praise with tambourine and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in the people. And adorns the poor with victory. Let the faithful rejoice and triumph. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the praises of God be in their throat. And a two-edged sword in their hand. To wreak vengeance on the nations. And punishment on the peoples. To bind their kings in chains. And their nobles with links of iron. To inflict on them the judgment decreed. This is glory for all God's faithful ones. Hallelujah.
The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 28th chapter. The Gospel is printed in the back of your bulletin, or you can follow along in the Pew Bibles on page 812. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The word of God, the word of life. Thanks be to God. Thank you, honey. I'm going to let you be seated because the preaching text is a little bit longer. Um, I am going to read the, the Romans text first. So reading from the eighth chapter of Romans. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, and heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If, in fact, we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of God? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And reading from the second chapter of Acts, 
Did you all receive balloons when you walked in? Or at least many of you? Raise your hand if you received a balloon. Okay, this is an interactive reading now, okay? So I want you to take those balloons, and we, I think we didn't even save any balloons for us up here, so I'll show you what to do. When you hear the words that there was um, uh, a sound like a rush of a violent wind, I want you to blow your balloon up, okay? When you hear those words. Oh, actually, let me read and we'll stop. So reading from the second chapter of Acts. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there was a sound like the rush of a violent wind. Go ahead. Just give a couple good blows, that's good. And stop. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. Hold your balloon and put it up here on your head. Tongues rested on their heads. And then all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Let it go. Woo! All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under, under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound, the crowd gathered and was, and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they said, are not, all these, are, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own language, and we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, saying, Men of Judea, all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. And the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Well, grace, peace, and mercy to you on this day from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. So first of all, I send greetings to you from Trinity Lutheran Church in T, South Dakota, which is a suburb of Sioux Falls, where I've been serving a church for the last four years. It is wonderful to be back here, for our family to be back here among friends and people that we love. So thank you for having us back. Um, especially on this day, this day of Pentecost, again, where we all gather and we celebrate this gift of the Holy Spirit. 
want to especially thank uh, the Larsons, the Karlstroms, the Pates, the Feemeyers, and Roger Lagasen, and all who gathered with us last night and brought us supper. It, it was uh, just a wonderful time for us to gather together, and I thank Jill also for all her work that she's done to put this service together, and don't the decorations look wonderful in here, along with the Karlstroms. So, on to the preaching text. Uh, the story in Acts takes place about two months after the resurrection, and after Jesus has ascended into heaven. Now, after this ascension, the, the apostles, because they're called apostles now, disciples mean student, apostles mean one who are sent out. They are told that they're going to receive a gift, and that they are told that they're going to see, receive this power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and that they would be Jesus' witness in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Now at this point, the apostles have gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate one of the three pilgrimage festivals, this one called Pentecost, that they are gathered for. While they have gathered, they have discerned a replacement for Judas Iscariot. They've, they've replaced him with Matthias. And now they're just waiting for this next sign. Now on this particular day, they are watchful, they are expectant, they are prayerful. And it's at this time when the Holy Spirit came upon them and filled them, fulfilling the words of Jesus that said, I will send you a comforter, an advocate. I will send you the Holy Spirit, someone to teach you and guide you and help you remember all that I have said to you. So the Spirit's wisdom and energy and power would be the driving force behind the church's work and their witness. Spirit made it possible for people from other countries to hear in their own language what God is doing in this world. This is going to be good news for everyone to hear. So how did God make that happen? How was this good news to go out to the ends of the earth with this little ragtag group of disciples who were mostly uneducated? Well, because Pentecost, again, was a pilgrimage festival, there were Jews from every nation. And we heard some of those weird names that we've heard of, but they are present-day India, Iran, Turkey, North Africa, Asia Minor, Greece. They came from all over, and the inclusion of all these nations suggests how this good news was going to go out to all the ends of the earth. And so this is really the beginning of the church. This is the story of our beginning. It's a long chain, a continuation of God's grace that has been moving around since the beginning of time. It started with God choosing to work through one family, Abraham and Sarah, and then one nation, the Israelites, before eventually being revealed in human flesh. And then the covenant was wide open. One family, one nation, one world reaching all the way to a congregation here in Wadena, Minnesota. Can you imagine what it was like for those apostles who were gathered in that room, experiencing the Holy Spirit for the first time? Again, they heard this wind, and it wasn't just a little beautiful rustling of the leaves. It said it was a violent rush of wind. 
They saw flames atop of each other's heads, and they were filled. In fact, so filled that it spilled out into the streets, allowing other hearers to take their place in this narrative also. Homes in those days did not have closed windows like this. They would have been open windows, and people many times um, could hear what was going on in a building as they were uh, outside. So those hearers who happened to be near where the apostles were gathered heard the apostles in that room speaking in their own native tongue. And, and to be honest, they were kind of blown away, and some of them thought that they were drunk. They were skeptical. But some random hearers heard that good news of Jesus for the first time, and they understood, and they believed. It says in, this, in the ending of the second chapter of Acts that 3,000 people were added to the believers. 3,000. That's some serious evangelizing. Or, more clearly, correction, that's some serious movement of the Holy Spirit. Now you may be thinking, you know, this Pentecost story, yeah, it's kind of, it's nice. It happened a long time ago. How is it relevant to me today, on this day in June? So when I read scripture, and especially as I'm preparing a sermon, I always look at it and I think, where do we fit into this story? Where do we fit in? Well, I think in our story today, this Pentecost story, I think it is an invitation for followers, not only in the first century, but for us today, to find our place in God's relationship with creation and with his work in the world. Where do we fit in? Where do you fit in? And what does it mean, anyway, to be spirit-filled? Each week we confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. The first article talks about we believe in God the Father. The second article talks about we believe in Jesus, his only Son. The third article says we believe in the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean? It is easiest, I think, to turn to Martin Luther's small catechism to understand it more fully, because in this catechism, when Martin Luther first wrote it, he wrote it for families to use at home to help understand the Ten Commandments, the Creed, the Lord's Prayer, and many other things. We use it in confirmation. I bet some of you people had to memorize the small catechism. So I want to look at Martin Luther's understanding of the third article. This is what he talks about for the Holy Spirit. Martin Luther says, I cannot by my own understanding or effort believe in Jesus Christ my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel, enlightened me with gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way, he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it united with Jesus Christ in one true faith. This is most certainly true. Say that with me. Say it like a Lutheran. This is most certainly true. It is the Holy Spirit who keeps us in faith together. We're in this together. But you know what the reality is of, of life? Sometimes we get tired and weary, and we don't recognize the Spirit in our lives. Sometimes we don't know how to pray or what to pray for. But it doesn't matter, my friends, because it also says in Romans 8 that the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, 
but that very spirit intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. The spirit does the praying for us, making prayers out of our wordless sighs, out of our cries, out of our pain and despair. The spirit knows us better than we know ourselves and keeps us present with God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail of our lives is worked into something good. And then the best part of all is that we know that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, that great love, because we are spirit-filled. Now, being spirit-filled means that we have gifts. And this is mentioned in Galatians, and I'll let you look that up on your own, but some of you know the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want to tell you just a little bit about one of those gifts, and that is joy. About being filled with joy, because it doesn't mean that you have to be happy all the time. Happiness is external, it's based on our circumstances, but joy that is internal. That is deeply embedded in us. It is a gift from the Holy Spirit. And that is why we can say that nothing can separate us from the love of God. In that Romans piece, it listed a bunch, bunch of things. Hardship, peril, despair. It lists, you know, height, depth. It lists all kinds of things, really all-encompassing. Nothing separates us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And God wants to fill us up with his spirit. We don't have these gifts because we are so wonderfully spiritual. No, or that we have our lives so put together, which if you're going to join us afterwards, after worship, you will hear how wonderfully our lives were not put together this last week. We can kind of laugh about it now, but we'll tell you more about that later. No, we don't have these gifts because we are so wonderful ourselves. It is gifts because God gave them to us. And he wants to be in relationship with each of us. So being filled with the Spirit gives us joy and peace despite our circumstances and despite who we are by nature. This whole book of Acts is all about the Spirit moving in our lives and in the world. And, in the, whole, and the disciples or apostles don't have this Holy Spirit until this day of Pentecost. And again, we say it's the birth of the church. So does anybody besides me have an active running list of questions that you're going to ask God when you get to heaven? I do. Moses, what was it like for you to walk across the Red Sea, the bottom of the Red Sea, while um, Roman chariots are chasing you and you are walking between the walls of water? Or David, what was it like for you? to stand before that giant and hit him square between the eyes. Or God, why did you make mosquitoes or big snakes? <laughs> but I think often, what happens when we get to heaven and those Old Testament heroes come to me and say, Christy, what was it like for you to have the Holy Spirit in you, moving in and through you, when you think of the Holy Spirit, what images come to mind? Because embedded in my head is this right here. When you look at this rare dose, this art piece behind the altar, 
it, there's lots of symbols and meanings, and it's wonderful. If you don't know the story about this art piece, um, it's probably printed somewhere, or somebody who's been here a while would know. John Lindleaf would know, he's in the congregation. It is embedded here with lots of meanings, but most prominent is this, well, do you see a flame, or do you see a dove? Because it's meant to be a little ambiguous, we can interpret it both ways. The Holy Spirit is on the move in the early church and in the church today, and in you and in me. The verse is Phil read from the Gospel of Matthew. It's called the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them. So God has ascended to the Father at this point, and now it is our commission to go to the ends of the earth and proclaim that good news. And for some of us, that means showing kindness and grace to maybe a clerk at Walmart. For some of us, it means inviting your neighborhood kids to BBS or that cool Tuesday noon thing that I read about in your, in your bulletin. For others, it means to go to seminary and fulfill God's call in your life. And for others, it means moving to Slovakia to spread that good news of Jesus Christ. So go where God is calling you, my friends. Because if the Holy Spirit can build a church that lasts 2,000 years or more from a group of ragtag apostles, most of them Jewish school dropouts, who just two months before that ran in fear from the Roman soldiers at Jesus' crucifixion, now who are filled with the Holy Spirit, and it'll be through their bold words and actions that we practice the faith that we have today. Imagine what the Spirit will do with us if we let the Spirit fill us. Amen. The hymn of the day might be a new one, I'm not sure, but um, Anna and Kyle and I will try to sing the verses loudly for you. It's beautiful. This is exactly from the Romans 8 text. So let us sing.
as you are able. Let us pray. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us and what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love, through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. As we listen to the Holy Spirit crying within us, let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. God of creation, you send your spirit with gifts for each of us. Help us give thanks for all the ways you speak to us, in rushing wind, in dancing flames, in words we understand, and in ways that transcend, transcends language. Spirit of God, descend upon my heart. God of wind and fire, ignite a fire in our bones and a passion for justice that cannot be quenched until all of your children are loved, until no one is marginalized or oppressed, until everyone has the opportunity to thrive and the world is transformed and renewed. Give us the courage to speak your love everywhere we go and to everyone we meet. Spirit of God, descend upon my heart. God of hope, send us your spirit to help those who are overwhelmed by life to find new reasons to live this day. May the gifts of the Holy Spirit guide them so that the presence of God may be seen in a new light, in new places, and in new ways. Spirit of God, descend upon my heart. God of joy, be with Anna, Kyle, Odin, and Espen as they share your word and your love to your sons and daughters in Slovakia. May the gentleness of your spirit lead them, the boldness of your spirit equip them, and the tenderness of your spirit keep them safe. May your grace and wisdom guide them as they embrace their call to share their passion for the word in and around the world. Spirit of God, descend upon my heart. Lord of life and death, be with our friends and loved ones who are experiencing sickness and those who are suffering, especially Leroy Agard, Sherry Anderson, Charles Carlson, Marilee Coates, Gary Johnson, Betty Judkins, Peggy Lewin, Richard Lewin, Gretchen Noon, Jerry Oman, Gail Schoberg, Carlene Sen, Dorothy Teal, Judy Wagsness, Iona Wood, Bodie Bechtold, Bill Beck, Gary Bergman, Sarah Brody, Sharon Bunker, Evangeline Karlstrom, Abigail Fleener, Doreen Johnson, Robert Kiffey, Dolly Montoya, Bjorn Rossing, Sandy Winkles, and Ron Smith. And be with those who are grieving the loss of a family member or a loved one, especially Camille and Mark Stone in the death of Camille's mother, Kathleen, Oliver Haugo and the family in the death of Oliver's wife, V, and the family and friends of P. Truax. Spirit of God, descend upon my heart. God of peace, be a guiding and peaceful presence for our leaders and those who serve in our military, especially Max Labar, James Close, Victor Barbado, Joel Bertelson, Nate Burr, 
Tanner Jackson, Sean Evans, Joel Holwiger, Samantha Holwiger, Karsten Jennings, John Close, Eric Naley, Tom Novak, and Justin Wendland. Spirit of God, descend upon my God of all creation, in a world where the environment is abused and overused, send your spirit to teach us how to reform how we live and how to use the earth with care and love. Spirit of God, God of love, fill us with your radical spirit that we may use our time, resources, and gifts for the service of others. Give us the courage to be a symbol of your love to a world crying out to feel wanted, cherished, and included. Help us to remember the value of our similarities as well as the value in our differences. Help us to see the beauty in one another. Spirit of God, into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please share the peace with those around you. Let us pray the Lord's Prayer as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. Be seated. Ah. Uh... 
Všetko vládu a moc náš Pánu je chválov stand right here and so thank you for this opportunity to do this commissioning service for them and before they leave for Slovakia and so I've been authorized to commission Kyle and Anna and Espen and Odin who have accepted the call as um, global missionaries to Slovakia a reading from Acts while the congregational leaders at Antioch were worshiping the Lord and fasting the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. And a reading from Romans. As in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ. Individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortion, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. In the presence of this assembly, will you accept this commission and commit yourselves to this new trust and responsibility in the confidence that comes from God? If so, say, I will and I ask God to help me. I will, and I ask God to help me. Will you carry out this ministry in accordance with the Holy Scriptures and the confessions of the Lutheran Church? If so, respond with, I will, and I ask God to help me. I will, and I ask God to help me. Will you endeavor in all things to conduct yourselves as is fitting for an ambassador and servant of Jesus Christ? If so, say, I will, and I ask God to help me. I will, and I ask God to help me. Will you be faithful, understanding, and loving as you accompany the people among who you will live and work? If so, respond with, I will, and I ask God to help me. I will, and I ask God to help me. Almighty God, who has given you the will to do these things, graciously give you the strength and the compassion to perform them. Amen. Congregation, will you please stand? People of God, Will you support these messengers of Jesus Christ, sent by God to serve all people within the gospel of hope and salvation? Will you pray for them, help and honor them for their work's sake, and in all things strive to live in peace and unity in Christ? If so, respond with, we will and we ask God to help us. We will and we ask God to help us. Let us pray. Almighty God, you sent your son Jesus Christ to reconcile the world to yourself. We praise you and we bless you for those whom you send to witness in word and deed among the nations. Bless the Svenningsen family in the work that you have called them to do so that they may faithfully accompany those among, those among whom show your love to all people and to glorify your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. And now receive this blessing. Almighty God, guide you, bless you, and keep you that you may be faithful in the ministry to which you have been commissioned. In Jesus' name, amen.
Serve the Lord. 